Hey, what's up, storytellers? How are you? Okay, we're dropping this episode on a Monday because it's a bonus episode. So there's been a pretty big buzz within our storyteller community in our private Facebook group about pitch wars coming up. And there have been quite a few questions from our storytellers wondering what pitch wars is, if it's right for them, why they should do it, how it could benefit them, and what would be the main difference if they did join Pitch Wars versus trying to reach literary agents on their own, and also all the other pros that come with joining Pitch Wars. With all of these questions, I honestly couldn't answer them directly. So what I did instead was put together this super spontaneous episode by reaching out to Brenda Drake, the founder of Pitch Wars, Sarah Nicholas, the managing director of Pitch Wars, Kelly Garrett, a board member of Pitch Wars, and our fellow storytellers from our 88 Cups of Tea community, who are also this year's Pitch Wars mentors, Adeline Grace, Gracie Kim, and Susan Leaf. For anyone who would love to check out the show notes page featuring highlights with time markers, quotes, all of the biographies, and author photos, we're going to publish the show notes page tonight, so look out for it at 88cupsoftea.com slash podcast slash pitch dash wars. All right, let's just jump right into it. Hey, everybody. We have Brenda Drake with us again. We're so happy to have you back, Brenda. And why don't we get into the origin story, how you became the founder of Pitch Wars? Pitch Wars was started out of an idea that I had while I was watching Cupcake Wars. I had contests already that I was doing, such as Pitch Madness and the Trader Pitch Party, hashtag Pit Mad. And I was getting feedback from agents that said that their manuscripts would fall apart, like in the middle, or the plot wouldn't hold up, or character motivation would feign. And so while I was watching Cupcake Wars, the baker has like a little helper that helps them make the cupcakes. And I was thinking, you know what, the writers need a little helper to help them figure out what's going wrong with their manuscripts. And that's how I came up with Pitch Wars. And that's why there's a wars in Pitch Wars is because of Cupcake Wars. I do believe from what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing that it is something that could be very beneficial for people to apply and have a chance at this to help them with their writing and wherever they are in the process, which basically you have to have a polished manuscript already just for everyone listening in as a heads up. Uh, this is not something for I'm understanding for like a first draft. So Brenda, please jump in and correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, so with polished, it's as good as you can get it. I mean, I don't want them to think that they have to have an editor or whatever, you know, make it perfect. There's going to be something that we're going to have to work with, with your manuscript. So it's not going to be a perfect polished manuscript. It's going to be as polished as you can make it. Like you've drafted it and you've gone over it a few times and fixed as much as you can and you're up the end point where you need help to figure out where the holes are in your manuscript. We do have one listener who's specifically wondering, for example, she's struggling with her word count in check and she knows that's something that she needs help with, but she's worried about submitting a manuscript without getting help from the other avenues instead first. Do you have anything to bounce back with that? As far as her word count, if it's a little over or We've had mentors who have worked with the word count. It can't be anything like 260,000 words or something that's impossible to fix and 
in the three month span that we have for mentoring. But if it's like 20,000 over or whatever, mentors can work with that. It's about the premise and the story that connects the mentor to that mentee. So I don't think an over word count would hinder a mentor from picking a mentee if they love the story, if they think they can fix it and help her within that three months. And I think the other part was about being polished. You don't have to get a professional help. Part of Pitch Wars, well, the main thing about Pitch Wars is the mentorship. So you shouldn't be like perfect. You should have tried to make it as perfect as you can make it so that you can stand out in the mentor's inbox. If you don't mind, could you please help just break down the deadline to apply as a mentee and what materials they need to submit? For this application? The submission window opens on the 25th of September and then it closes at the end of the 27th of September. So they have a window there that they can go ahead and enter. It's going to be a form on our website, pitchwars.org. What they'll need is a query letter, their first chapter, or 10 pages, whichever is more, because sometimes people have short chapters, so they can go up to 10 pages if they have a short chapter. And then the synopsis, a one-page synopsis. And we do have resources on our website on how to create a query letter and how to create a synopsis if they need to. That's about all they'll need. And they'll just go on our website and fill out the form and plug all that stuff in. Why would you think that this is a good thing for them to try and apply for rather than doing it on their own? So writing is pretty difficult and we send out queries and we keep getting responses from agents like this isn't for me or they ask for partials and it just didn't connect with them. It's for those writers who feel that they are not advancing and in the query trenches enough to get representation. So for me, it's that help that you would need to figure out that whole entire manuscript you're going to go over with a professional, someone that's a step further along in the process than you are, someone that has gone through editing with an agent or with an editor, even an intern with an agent or a publishing company will help you to figure out what they've learned, figure out what's going wrong with your manuscript. So if you feel like your manuscript is perfect and you don't need any help, then you should be querying. But if you feel that your manuscript isn't quite there, that you keep on getting rejections and you're not sure what you're doing wrong, then Pitch Wars is for you for the mentorship. Plus the community that is surrounds Pitch Wars is a great community where you will find friends and critique partners. And we also have a forum where you can go on and put up your first page and your query and your first five pages and have the community help you critique those pages. So it's just about getting the help that you need if you feel you need help. If you don't feel you need help, then you should be querying. Got it. That's very helpful. And I understand when I was browsing around your website, this is a pretty uh, long timeline And this Mm -hmm. is just one part of a year-long schedule, which I was not aware of, again, until I came to your website. What is that timeline like? I notice it's like it starts very early on 2019, even goes into early 2020. So the real stuff starts happening 
um, right now where we have our mentors wish lists up on their sites. And it's a blog hop where you can go to each mentor's site and read what they're looking for to mentor. So that happens until the window opens on the 25th. So during that time, you, you have to find the four perfect mentors for your manuscript, and then you'll be applying to just four mentors. So September is when things really pick up, but we do have other events that happen. Like before this blog hop, we had like a workshop going on where we gave away free critiques and then the mentors critiqued like a query or first page. And then we post it on our blog for those that didn't get a critique so they can learn from what the mentors are doing. They can get a feel for how the mentors edit. And so that's a good thing to look at too during August and September. And then we just talk about the communities, like our mentors releases and book covers. We have interviews, we have a lot of things that that are going on. And then we do have the quarterly pit mad Twitter pitch parties that happened throughout the year. And they're the same month, every quarter, the first Thursday of the week. Um, So we have so much that does go on, but the main thing that happens right now is the blog hop with the mentors. Then we have the window that opens September 25th. Then we choose who we're going to mentor and we announce it on November 3rd. And then for three months, the mentor works with their mentee to get that manuscript polished as best possible. And then in February, we have an agent showcase where we have a pitch and the first page of all the mentees up on our blog. And then agents make read them and make requests for the ones that they want. Um, and that's in February. Posted on our website, the pitches are. Mm-hmm. And the agents comment in the pitch, like the pitch each out has their own page. And they comment on that pitch, on that post. And that's how they make their requests. And we always have about over 100, maybe 150 agents that participate in that. What do you think makes a ideal or you could say perfect mentee and what would make them stand out to a Pitch Wars mentor? The perfect mentee is one that is willing to learn, willing to take critique, also um, to stand out, you know, like just ready to work because it it takes a lot of work. You have to dedicate a lot of time to this. This is a great opportunity. We have over 300 successes and many, many book deals. Our biggest book deal was Children of Blood and Bone. And so there's that possibility, but you would have to put in the work. So willing to work hard for three months because this is a great opportunity. And if you just don't do the work, then you're wasting that opportunity. So that perfect mentee is the one that's ready to work and open to critique and is pleasant to work with, I guess. Okay, I love that. (laughs) Brenda, why don't we wrap it up with the one last question, which is, um, you know, this is also something I've seen multiple people asking is, how do the mentees who are applying know which mentors to choose? Well, so on the wish list, each mentor posts on their blog. It tells what they're looking to mentor. It gives their mentoring style. So they'll list how they would mentor their mentee. It also tells them what some of them say, what favorite books they um, like. So going to the wish list and kind of getting to know the mentors are the best 
way to figure out who connects with you, like who wants what you are, you've written and whose personality fits with you. We also have live chats that are going on. There's a schedule on our blog, our, our website. And there's also an ask mentor on like, so hashtag ask mentor. We have ask mentors going on Twitter until the window opens. So you can ask mentors directly on Twitter questions. If you have certain questions you need answered. Is there anything else that you would love to share with the entire 88 Cups of Tea community? I just want them to know that it feels daunting when you think about how many people enter Pitch Wars. But the whole thing about Pitch Wars is not only if you get into Pitch Wars, even though we all would want to do that if we're, you know, it's about that community surrounding Pitch Wars on the hashtag, hashtag Pitch Wars in our forums. Getting into that community and finding your people in that community is the best part of Pitch Wars, in my opinion. All right, Brenda, thank you so much for your time. Please let everyone know where they can find you on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Brenda Drake. And then on Instagram, I'm at Brenda Drake author. I can't even remember what my Facebook is. but (laughs) (laughs) And my website is brendadrake.com. Hey, everybody. We have Sarah Nicholas with us today. Sarah, I'm so excited to have you on. Uh, So why don't we start off with what's your role in Pitch Wars? Yeah. So this year, I'm the managing director for the 2019 season, which goes through the agent showcase in February. And then I was a mentor from 2012 to 2017. And last year I was the social media director. So I've been around for a while. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. So what does that mean? Yeah. So I oversaw every kind of social media and I was the first person in that role. So that was like right after the restructure. So I was the first one to be specifically a social media person. And so I actually had to set up most of the accounts. So most of it's done on Twitter. Like our community is very active on Twitter. So that was the bulk of it. And a lot of it's just like answering questions and you know, making sure people know about different things and tweeting out reminders and that kind of stuff. But then I also kind of more informally oversee the forums. So we have like an online forum where people can go and receive feedback and discuss things and all the different Facebook groups and pages and stuff like that. This year, what exactly do your responsibilities entail? <laughs> uh, this year, it's <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's more wide ranging for sure. But a lot of it, because we have such a great team, a lot of it's just like kind of making sure everything gets done and making sure the schedules intersect well. Um, Because we have, so like we have two mentor liaisons and they're in charge of making sure our mentors know everything that they're supposed to know and do everything that they're supposed to do. And so they do a bulk of that work. And then I'm only brought in if there's like an issue or if someone needs a little extra nudge or something like that. Oh, wow. Okay. How has it been? Uh, I mean, being a managing director, have you been enjoying it? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of work and it keeps me busy. (laughs) And also this year I took over, um, we used to do these live video chats that we didn't do last year. And I decided to revamp those this year. And that's just like unrelated to my position, but I just have a, like a passion for video content. So It's just a lot of work and a lot of organizing, a lot of Excel sheets, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Okay, got it. I'm just personally so curious. Is this you all stepping in to volunteer with your time? Yeah, everyone involved with Pitch Wars is a volunteer. Wow, you guys are amazing. (laughs) 
The only exception is sometimes if we need very specific professional labor, like some website services. Our website, Susanna Gale, is actually volunteer entirely, but sometimes we need something additional or if we need like additional legal services or something like that, that's the only time that we're paying anyone. Wow. Okay. That is incredible. I mean, I'm just blown away by that and the amount of time. So can you tell me a little bit, how many hours each week are you spending as a managing director? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, when when we're in the thick of things, so in between, basically when mentor applications went live, I think that was June all the way through the agent showcase, which will be in February. It's a pretty constant thing. So I have, um, it's funny, a lot of our communication goes on in Facebook Messenger chats, which is like totally unofficial, but that's just where we it developed, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm in Facebook message chats several hours every day. Okay, that's really impressive. Why were you drawn to work with, uh, well, volunteer at Pitch Wars, what did it do for you in your writing journey and your storytelling journey for you to basically, I guess, pay it forward with all these hours you've dedicated to them? Well, when I first started, um, I I mean, I was a writer, but I wasn't published and I wasn't really um, that close to being published, I guess, but I was an editorial intern. And at first, I was just like really honored that someone would ask me to do it. And and then I, you know, obviously over the years, Pitch Wars has developed quite a bit because I was there since the first year. But I just really like seeing everyone come together in order to support up and coming writers and help writers develop their craft. And also, in addition to craft, we talk about craft, but then querying is its own like skill set. And writing a synopsis is its own skill set. And we help people develop all those different skill sets, whether they're mentors, mentees or not, because we do a lot of um, the mentors, you know, do a lot of like blog posts and Twitter threads and videos and all kinds of instructional materials. So I just really like the community that comes together and it's a really supportive environment and everyone's trying to help other people succeed. And sometimes you'll find, you know, organizations or not really organizations, but communities that quite aren't quite so supportive. Uh, and I just really like how Pitch Wars is just like always trying to help everyone get to the next level, no matter where they're starting at. To apply as mentee, is there a cost to join this? So there is no cost to participate. We did a GoFundMe and we have an active GoFundMe, but we haven't been pushing it this year because the people were so generous last year that they've covered our costs through this year. So we haven't had to fundraise this year, but we probably will next year. So there is no cost to submit at all. And donating to the GoFundMe doesn't affect anything either. I'm the only one who even sees those names. So no one else even knows who donated, basically. What was that amount? Since we started the GoFundMe last year, we've raised about $4,000. Wow, congratulations. That is no easy feat. Very huge congrats. I'm always curious about the numbers. From there, I'm hearing that some of our storytellers are just getting ready to revise on their own or with beta readers or even just asking friends before they go to the agent to query them. So what is do you think is the biggest benefit by going with pitch wars and applying to be a mentee versus doing it alone we always like to say pitch wars is just like one available path and it's definitely not the end-all be-all I feel like sometimes people 
place a little bit too much importance on pitch wars. And that's me saying it as a managing director, you know, <laughs> so it's just one possible path. But I think the main advantage of pitch wars is you have a dedicated mentor and you have a deadline. And that works for a lot of people. It doesn't work for necessarily everyone. But when you have that three month deadline that you have to do your visions in, a lot of people are really motivated by that. I know for me, if I have like two years to do something, I'll just wait until the last month to do it. Whereas if I have a month to do something, then I'm going to work really hard to get that done. And so I think that's a big advantage of it. And then also Pitch Wars mentors have to apply to be Pitch Wars mentors and it's relatively selective. And so you know that the person you're working with has been at least through some kind of selection process. Now, I'm not going to say that like it's infallible and we catch everything or whatever, but we've been doing that for two years now. So before that, we didn't have a selection process. But for two years now, we've made sure that we have confidence that the people who are going to be mentors are going to be able to help the people who are helping them. And then also it just at this point kind of has name recognition. And that's all, you know, Brenda's hard work over the years. She's really built the contest up so that people know what Pitch Wars is and they know that it helps writers. And so a lot of agents know about it too. And so even if someone doesn't necessarily get an agent in the agent showcase at the end of the event, they can query an agent and say that they were a Pitch Wars mentor. And that really means something because that no, that lets the agent know that that person has been through a structured revision process with someone who theoretically, you know, knows what they're talking about. So it's a, it's a big advantage for the agents as well. And I talk to agents at conferences all the time who, even if they don't participate in Pitch Wars, they're excited to see Pitch Wars manuscripts in their inbox. Ooh, okay. That's something that I was not aware of. So it's really interesting to hear about the name recognition that comes along with Pitch Wars. Right now, because we are coming up to the deadline of applying as mentee, uh, I know you mentioned that you guys, um, that you all very much are selective about who your mentors are. I want to get into how you all vet your mentors, what it is that you are comparing against, I guess, when you, if you have like a checklist or going by credentials, resume, a word of mouth, how does that work? Is there a limit of amount of mentors you have each year? Yeah. So we set a cap. And so, for example, this year, our cap was 100. But the mentor selection committee kind of has a little bit of freedom in whether they want to do a couple more or a couple less. And that's so if they're seeing if they've found, you know, they put together the list of 100 and they feel like maybe there's someone who isn't quite up to our standards yet, they could they could do less than 100. But what has been happening is we have been noticing we have our 100 and there's we feel like there's some sort of gap, right? Like so there's like a genre that maybe isn't as well represented as that we wanted it to or a demographic that isn't quite as well represented as we wanted to. And so, so then almost like uh, young adult versus like middle grade, for example. Well, we set those numbers ahead of time. So middle grade versus young adult versus adult, though, those we have like specific numbers oh, to hit for those. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and that is based on the previous year's submissions. So we forty percent of last year's submissions were adult. So forty percent of the mentors this year should be adult. But then we have to look at genres too, and that's where it gets kind of like dicey because <laughs> mm -hmm. there are so many genres. Obviously, one of the big things that we look at is experience. And so my the way that I have stated this in the past is someone who has been through a professional editing process from at least one side of the aisle. 
So whether it's an author who's gone through the editing process with their agent or their editor, or someone who was a editorial intern or assistant or something like that, who has gone through that process from the editorial side, or someone from a literary agent, you know, anything like that. And so that's the most important thing we look for. And then we also kind of look, we have, we have essay questions that they have to answer. And we're looking for specific attitudes. We're looking for someone who is more about helping the mentee than helping themselves. That's a big one. And we look for people who don't want to, how do I say this? They don't want to just make the mentee do what they want to do. They work with the mentee to accomplish their own goals. So if a mentee doesn't necessarily agree with a big edit of theirs, how are they going to react to that? That's one of the big things. Are there any other things that you think that we should know about, about mentors overall? So this year, every single mentor is either an agented or published author or someone who has worked in the publishing industry in a professional capacity. Ooh, okay. I love that. Very helpful. And how about the people at the end? You mentioned there's um, February 2020 is the agent showcase. So everybody is working towards this to prepare a mentor, a mentee working towards this huge showcase. Can you break down how that showcase works and how you find the people involved on the other end, basically the literary agents, who's approaching them to come and join Pitch Wars? How do you and your team approach the literary agents? How do you know which ones to approach? What happens at these showcases? We have a hundred or more who've kind of done it in the past. And so we have a contact list. So whenever we're ready to set, you know, the agents for this year, we'll of course email everyone who has worked with us in the past. And then we have Rachel Lynn Solomon is our agent liaison and she is in charge of reaching out to agents. So if there are agents that we'd specifically like to have as pitchers, showcase agents, she will send them emails. And she usually has a couple of people who help her out with that, with reaching out to agents. And they can, you know, they can say that they want to do it or not. And that's totally fine. We definitely understand if they don't want to do it. And then when the time comes, all of the submissions that are ready, some of them, um, they don't necessarily have to participate in the showcase. And so every now and then there'll be ones that aren't quite ready. They haven't done what they wanted to do in their revisions yet. But the ones that are ready, they go up on the website and it's a short pitch and the first page. And uh, of course, title, genre, word count. And then the agents will log into the site. They have to basically set up a login with us and they will leave. It's just like leaving a blog comment. They'll leave a comment that says, I would like to see the first 50 pages. or I would like to see the full manuscripts, that kind of thing. And we started something new last year where these comments are not visible to the public or to the agents until after the showcase is over. And so our writers are being informed that they're receiving a request, but these aren't made visible. And the reason why we did that is because a couple of years ago when these comments were public, we noticed that there was sometimes a pylon effect. So if a, a submission got like 10 requests or something, you would see agents just kind of piling onto that. And so we made the submissions invisible this year so that we wouldn't see that. So the agents are requesting books they're interested in and not necessarily just the most popular ones. Listeners have been asking a lot, and I'm going to pull up the question right now, is uh, just in general, okay, I have a couple of specific questions, but the main point is several people are 
about to start querying again. You know, some have already queried a while ago. They put it away. They're going to go through another revision on their own. They're about to start querying again. So people in those situations are wondering if they should jump back into the query trenches or if they should consider submitting to pitch wars and would love to hear your pros and cons with that. Just from your experience, how you've personally dealt with pitch wars or what you've observed and seen and heard. Could you share a little bit about your thoughts about that? Yeah, well, it kind of depends on what you're looking for. So if you feel like you're at the point where your manuscript cannot be improved upon in any significant way, then obviously we encourage you to just go ahead and query because if, if it can't be improved upon, then our mentors won't be able to help you. And maybe the people who feel like this sometimes are a little resistant to doing a major revision with one of our mentors, right? So if you're ready, just go ahead and query. But if you feel like um, there might be something missing from your manuscript or you've made it as good as you can make it, but you feel like maybe someone could help you take it a little bit further, uh, then Pitch Wars might be a good option for you. And even if you've already started querying, you can still enter. So even if you have queries out there, you can still enter pitch wars. The only thing is if you are selected as a mentee during the revision period, we ask that you not send out queries during that time. Because if you send in a query and two months later, you get an offer of representation uh, that you are going to take, you know, then our mentor has just spent like three months basically uh, working on your manuscript for, for no reason. And what most of our mentees do is if they have fulls or partials out with agents and they get selected as a mentee, they will email those agents and let them know that they were selected for pitch wars. And is it okay if I send you the revision, you know, once the revision round is over? And we have never seen an agent have a problem with this. Almost all the agents are happy to do so because they know that at the end of it, they're going to get a more polished manuscript, you know? Mm, okay, that's very helpful. Now, jumping in with this, if someone's already signed up, let's say someone signed up last month before even finding out about Pitch Wars, uh, and they signed up already for an in-person conference where they get to meet literary agents, uh, let's just say in the fall slash winter, but they see this wonderful opportunity and would just love a chance to work with one of the mentors uh, just to perfect their stuff and uh, before this conference happens and also hopes to also have a chance in February for the showcase in case, you know, things don't work out at the conference because it doesn't always. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, so that is actually the one exception to our don't query rule um, is if you have the opportunity for an improv improv person conference pitch that uh, you're you're welcome to do that now at that time you can have that conversation with the agent saying you're currently in pitch wars and doing a revision with you know so and so and would they prefer to see the manuscript at the end of the revision round or now and most of them are going to want to see it at the end of the revision round and it's also an advantage for the mentee as well because you have one agent versus the agent rounds, if you get a lot of agent interests, you know, in the agent showcase, then you're going to be able to make the decision on who you want to work with and have more options. Now, that's, I mean, that's assuming not everyone gets requests in Pitch Wars agent showcase, and some people only get a few requests. And some people who get requests don't end up with an agent at the end of it. And so, of course, you know, it's just this industry. It's the way the industry is. But just uh, getting into pitch wars doesn't necessarily guarantee success in the future. 
If there was any final note you would love for the community to hear about Pitch Wars, you know, whether it was your own really positive experience or you've had friends that you met and you're like, oh my gosh, this amazing thing happened to them and it definitely would not have happened without Pitch Wars. Please feel free to share that. Yeah, so I always want to stress that the main advantage of Pitch Wars and the main point of Pitch Wars is the mentoring opportunity. There's always a lot of attention on the agent showcase because that's public and the mentoring mostly takes place in private. But that's really the huge advantage of Pitch Wars is the mentoring opportunity, the ability to receive personalized feedback and developing the community, you know. So the mentees all usually develop their own community and then they have the established community of mentors to patch into if they need things. And then the other thing that I always like to stress is Pitch Wars isn't necessarily right for everyone. So if you think that it doesn't work for you, if it doesn't work for your goals or what you want out of your career, that kind of thing, you're definitely welcome to take whatever you need from the community and skip the submission process. That's totally fine by us. Thank you so much again for giving me your time. Please, can you let the listeners know where to find you on social media? Yeah, so I am on Twitter at Sarah underscore Nicholas. Sarah has an H. Nicholas has no H. You can also find me on youtube.com slash Sarah Nicholas YA. And I do have some Pitch Wars advice videos that are going up this week. So if you want more information, you can check out that. And then just sarahnicholas.com as well. Hey, everybody, we have Kelly Garrett with us today. Kelly, we're so excited to have you. So from what I understand is that you are a 2014 Pitch Wars mentee and you're currently a board member. That is correct. So I was a mentee in 2014 for my adult mystery novel, and then I became a mentor in 2015. So I was mentoring since 2015. And then last year, 2018, I became the managing director, which is what Sarah does now. So I spent a year doing that. Now I am what we have as a mentor liaison, which is someone who basically mentors the mentors to help them kind of figure out what to do and to navigate the process as well. Let's rewind all the way back to 2014. <laughs> yeah, all the way back to 2014. <laughs> what was it that was pulling you towards Pitch Wars? So I want to say that 2014 Pitch Wars is different than 2019 Pitch Wars, where it was this much smaller program. Um, it had only been around for a couple of years. I found out about it through Sisters in Crime. There's an organization that's for like unpublished authors, a chapter for unpublished authors. And someone mentioned Pitch Wars in it. And I had just finished my book and I was clearing. And I said, oh, this sounds like a really cool idea. So I um, went and I applied for it and I actually forgot about it. And it's, I think it's so funny now just because so many people like you go to the hashtag, it's so active and it's such a community. But I was like probably that story. And there are still people like that where like, oh, this seems like a cool idea. And then you apply and then you just kind of move on with your life. And I actually had forgotten about it. And my friend messaged me. She's like, oh, my God, like they announced the Pitch Wars mentees yesterday and you're it. And I was like, wait, what? You know, so it was a nice surprise. So obviously it's funny now going from that to now where I'm like, you know, so involved where I, you know, I'm on the committee and I'm on the board and I've been a mentor and I'm like, just like pitch wars all day, every day. <laughs> like that's kind of funny to me. So. I know now it's like your lifeline. Like it's in exactly. your blood. Like I check, I check the hashtag all the time. I think about it, we chat about it. Like it's like my whole life. How'd you know who to pick? as a mentor, because we've had questions from multiple different storytellers in our community wondering how on earth you're going to go and find those four mentors for you that you know would be the right fit for you. Okay. So for me, again, it was a different 
program. It was smaller. So I was a mystery. I had a mystery novel and I had an amateur detective mystery novel, which is a lighter mystery novel. At that time, I think there were maybe 70 mentors total and not everyone was adult. That's what I do. I write adult. I don't write YA. And not everybody wanted mystery. So I think my choice was a little different where I was like, okay, let me look for the people first who want mystery. And that's a, a smaller group. And then from there, I kind of, I, my mentee, my mentor was Sarah Henning. And I kind of liked the fact that she was also an adult mystery writer, you know, and she wrote, her book was more serious, but she'd actually written an amateur detective essentially traditional mystery as well so I kind of connected to that so I think that's my advice to people who are interested in it because now it's bigger especially if you write crime fiction we have a point with adult crime fiction we now have 10 plus mentors who are looking for it so your choice is going to be harder than my choice was Um, but I think it's a matter of really just reading those wish lists I've been through at least all the crime fiction ones people the mentors put a lot of time in explaining not just who they are and their mentoring style, but what kind of books they want and what kind of books they like. You know, so for me, if I was doing it today, I'm writing an amateur detective novel. First thing I'm going to do is look for people who want crime fiction. You know, next I'm going to see who's asking for amateur detective or lighter crime fiction because they do make that clear in there. And then from there, I'm going to see like, okay, a lot of the mentors also will say like, oh, these are the type of books I like. Okay, well, that's the type of books I like, or this is the type of books, you know, I kind of write. It's kind of similar vein. And then the next thing I would do if I still have a big choice is I would look at their communication style and their mentoring style. And a lot of mentors put that in there too. You know, like I don't like to talk on the phone. So if you're somebody who you have to talk on the phone, you don't do well with interacting on, you know, through texting or through DMs, then we're not going to be a good fit because I'm going to want to DM you and you're going to want to talk on the phone and it's just not going to work out. So even, you know I'm saying? So even small things like that, where you have to kind of look at, we ask mentors to put communication style in. We have mentors who are international. We have mentors who are, you know, in Australia, they're in London, they're in France, you know, they're in the Caribbean. And so that's the other thing too, where, if you need to talk to them live real time, it, it might not work if your mentor, you know, is in Iran or is in another country that's not the U.S. Or even if you might be in L.A., in LA I'm in New York, it might not work as well. So th- those are the things I think you should also kind of factor in, not just what their genres are. So what do you think makes a mentee really shine? What makes the ideal mentee that you can pass on some tips and tricks for them to do their best and show up the best? Back in my day, uh, you only had two months to uh, revise. This year, you have three months. So it's a very quick turnaround time. So it has to be someone you have to be willing to put in the work. I always joke with my mentees right before it starts that your significant other is going to hate my guts (laughs) because you're not going to ever see them for two months or three months because if you're not working or, you know, taking care of the family or doing your normal obligations, you should be writing because you have three months to make this book you know, query ready, basically. So you have to be willing to put in the work. I think a lot of times there's this weird high of, well, you get excited because you get named a mentee, right? And like, oh my God, like, I'm so great. It's amazing. It's amazing. And then you get your uh, edit letter from your mentor. And that can be a little depressing because it goes from that high of my book is so great that I got chosen for Pitch Wars to the slow of, they gave me six pages of edits of what's wrong with the book, you know? So you also have to be willing to be okay with that idea of even though your mentor, your mentor loved that book, they still want you to make changes to it, you know? And if you're someone who just is entering Pitch Wars for ego or you're entering it because you just want someone to tell you how great your book is, you're not going to be happy. 
because you're going to be expected to put that work in and to revise it. You know, my I just said on Twitter that my, all five of my mentees have all revised, rewrote two thirds of their book. I'm a big outline and plotter. So first things we do is we take the plot and we totally re-outline it. And then you go and you write two thirds of the book. These are all books that I loved, loved, loved to read when I read them. But I still was like, we need to fix two thirds of it, you know? So to to keep that in mind too, that if you're just doing it for an ego situation, it's not going to work. But if you're doing it because you really want to hopefully have the best book you can possibly have and you know you need to, you know, revise it some more. So I want to get into more of your role at Pitch Wars because I think you all are so selfless and which is what is like, you know, making me even more excited to do this special podcast episode because this is completely out of our production schedule. But everybody's been talking about it in our community and then finding out how selfless you all are. I'm like, okay, obviously makes sense and aligns very much. So I would love to just get into like what you've been doing and how you've been helping to uplift and support Pitch Wars Okay, I'm gonna. I'll give you an example. So uh, last week we announced our wish list, which is what every mentor puts on their website, their list of like talking about themselves and what type of books they want, and they all got went live at the same time, on the same day, and we have 141 mentors, and that's spread over 106 teams. So that means we had to coordinate 106 websites going live at a certain time. So Juliana Brandt, who has been a mentor for years and is the other uh, mentor liaison, we had to kind of, you know, first give them advice because I think half our mentors are new this year. Give them advice on what their wish list should have in it. You know, these are the things that are commonly in it. We had to do that. The next thing we had to do is coordinate with them of a due date of when that was due. And then we had to coordinate with Gail, who is our tech person, our volunteer tech person, um, the best way to create a, a, a list of links. We call it the linky, you know? And so, and then we had to get 106 wish list links, get them all together and make sure they were all the correct links because not everyone's as tech savvy as, you know, like I'm not tech savvy either, you know, to make sure those are the right links. And then we had to test all the links to make sure they were the right links. And then we had to post them at the right time. You know, so I think people, and I'm not saying this to like commend myself, but just I don't think people, people ask us questions. And I like to think that Brenda, Sarah, and I especially, we're very um, transparent on what's going on. And so if we're, if there's no, if we don't have that information, it's not because we're keeping it from you. It's just that we don't, we literally don't have it at that moment, you know, because we're working behind the scenes on, Like, you know, this figuring things out, we always change things, you know, like we just had a conversation before this happened on changing a certain aspect behind the scenes, you know, so we're always changing things as well. So it's, if if it's not out there, the info is not out there, it's just a good chance. It's not that we don't want you to know it. It's just that we haven't figured that out yet. I know you're doing work throughout the year. So can we talk about that too? We have our pitch wars, I guess I'll call it a season that when we're actually active. And then after that, we also are always trying to plan. Um, So the next step for pitch wars is we open up our submissions for three days. After that, then our mentors take about six weeks to read all the submissions they got and then to pick their their, uh, mentee. And then they have three months to revise the manuscript. And then it ends with what, what we have as an agent showcase where we put 
a pitch in the first 250 words up and agents can request more information. So technically, I think the probable actual the actual pitch war season is probably only like, I don't know, maybe like five or six months, you know, and then after that, it's a matter of trying to plan the next one. And, you know, what are the best dates, you know, what worked and didn't work this year that we need to change, you know, so it's not as busy when it's not in, in season, I guess, but um, we're still trying to always plan things, you know, and it was a transition period of where I was, Sarah was coming in as managing director, you know, and so um, there was that too, you know, it was, it was little, it was not that hard just because Sarah was super involved last year, social director, but also just with a lot of the decisions that we make, you know, I think that's the other thing people don't realize. We have a committee, um, we have the three of us as well, and every decision that is made from pitch wars, even though it might come from, Sarah might say it, or it might come from the pitch wars, you know, email address or website, it's the decision that has been discussed at length, you know, and it was also discussed at length with our committee, discussed at length with, you know, a smaller group of people, and then we decided that this is best for pitch wars, you know, and I think sometimes people get upset because it might not be best for them in particular, but it, it's the best decision for pitch wars. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah. as a whole. Oh, yes. I know. Yeah, those those are tough decisions to make. Yeah, because it's also, you know, I think coming from 88 Cups of Teesside, you can't make everybody happy. Right. You really. And can't. It's, but, you know, when you're having you're dedicating and truly volunteering so many hours of blood, sweat and tears. You just want to make sure that whatever you do do does help as many people as you yes, can. So you do it exactly. for the majority. Trust, I understand. So I, yeah. that's incredible. I tip my hat to you all. So that is what you've been doing as a board member, helping to shape it also in a larger scope, larger picture. Are there just, I, I'm sorry, my, my entrepreneurial side is very curious because <laughs> I love these kind of talks, like the startup kind of life. Do you have any examples of like, how you were involved as a board member where you could see there was almost a, like a doesn't have to be a night and day difference, but just like a, you could notice, like, oh, OK, that that actually made a difference. We have the committee, which is a bigger group of people. And so everyone on the committee has um, had some connection to pitch war. So either they were a mentor previously or a mentee. I think most of them were mentors previously. Uh, so. That's new. That came in the last couple of years before it was just Brenda and like one or two other people doing everything by themselves. And now that I'm behind the scenes, I'm like, how did you do everything by yourself? It's so much work. You know, we have 15 people and we're still busy, Um, you know, and so we have made different different changes. Um, One change is we have a more strict application process for uh, being a mentor. You know, uh, we have a very we have a committee. smaller committee of people who choose our mentors we keep them anonymous just because we don't want them to get any blowback for people who weren't chosen um so we have that the biggest thing and that's all gail who is our tech person um our website system our submission system is different where now we have a submission site and the everyone goes on the site and they fill out the form and then um, where previously it used to be like if you filled out the form, it would go to mentors email addresses. Now it's all on the site and mentors can just log in and really quickly, easily look at their submissions. Um, so there's certain different things and that we're, we've been doing that. Um, it's just it, it's amazing. And again, it's not even just one person. It's just all these people kicking in and having really great ideas. So Oof, amazing. So how many mentors do you know off the top of your head or just like an approximate that you guys have grown to for 2019? I'm sure it's a lot. Yeah. I think 
2017, we had the most mentors we've ever had. And we kind of realized it was too big. So we cut it down last year back a little lower. So I think it's around the same as last year. So this year we have 106 mentors slash teams because we have some people like I'm on a team. So I have a co-mentor. We have 141 mentors total. So when it comes to behind the scenes, the 141 is more impact and more what we deal with most because we're dealing with individual people. When it comes to probably the community, it's 106 because they can't submit. It's like they can't submit to me, just me. They have to submit to a team. So yeah, it's, so it's about 106. I guess, mentors slash teams we have. Oh, geez. Okay. I need to cut in here right now and ask because I'm so curious. So let's say somebody's listening right now. I'm just imagining myself in a mentee's, like a potential mentee's shoes thinking, Ooh, two for one. So you know what I mean? Like a co-mentor. Is that like an actual, maybe an actual strategy of how someone could even choose and look for who they want to work with as their mentor to guide them? That's a really good question. I've co-mentored a couple of times. I've mentored by myself a couple of times and I don't think any experience was better. So I don't suggest perhaps that you pick out just teams because you think you're going to get a better experience <laughs> because there are people who are, you know what I'm saying? There are people yeah. who are who are single. We have mostly single mentors and they do a kick butt job right, right. on their own. I would still go with what's on their wish list and, you know, what resonates with me on your wish list versus, oh, let me do the two for one. You know, I don't think it hurts. But I wouldn't just like, I just want to pick teams. I don't think that necessarily is the best strategy. If there is something that you would love to share from your heart to our listeners who are on the fence about joining Pitch Wars, whether it's about like, you know, the difference it's made for you having Pitch Wars versus when you didn't have Pitch Wars in your life. I think I see a lot of people talking themselves out of it. I'm not a stats person, but the stat is out there that we had maybe like over 4,000 applications last year and we had a hundred and I think 10 or 12 mentees. And I think people are like, oh my God, that there's like a percentage of like 3% chance. And I don't think that's the best way to look at it because it's not like a college where it's like, we definitely need to have, you know, this many people for this reason. It's not like a, you know, a test case or something like that. It's whether I have 400 submissions from potential mentees, or I have five submissions, I'm still going to go for the one that resonates with me. You know, so the numbers really don't matter. I'll go through all 400. I'll go through all five. And I'm still going to pick the one that resonates with me. So it's not like a numbers thing where I'm like, you know, I have to pick these two people or this percentage, or I have to read this percentage. I have to request this percentage. It's what resonates with me. And so I think don't talk yourself out of it. I think if you have a finished manuscript um, that you think needs a little bit more help, I say just apply. You know, worst comes to worst, you don't, you don't get in. And then you go back to querying, which is what you're going to do before. You go back to working with your CPs and beta readers, which is what you were doing before. You know, so just don't count yourself out. Don't talk yourself out of it. You know, best case scenario, you get chosen. Medium case scenario, you get requests. And, you know, those mentors also give you feedback on your book, even if they don't choose you. Worst case scenario is you don't get any requests and you continue to, to query like you were doing. Please let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Well, I stalk the Pitch Wars hashtag. So if you just <laughs> do the hashtag, I will find you. No, um, my Twitter is at Kelly Cal. My name's spelled a, a little differently. It's uh, K-E-L-L-Y-E-K-E-L-L. Uh, my website is kellygarrett.com. That's K-E-L-L-Y-E-G-A-R-R-E-T-T.com. Hey, everybody. We have Adeline Grace. 
I'm so excited to have you on. So why don't we jump in first with why you first became involved with Pitch Wars? What made you gravitate towards Pitch Wars? Yeah, so I started back in, I think 2015 is when I first applied to Pitch Wars. I didn't know really anything about it. I saw some talk on Twitter and that was kind of it. I didn't have any preparation time. I knew the submissions were open. I was like, okay, well, why not throw my manuscript in there? That year, it did not go anywhere for me. But I found out about it and I knew for 2016 that it was coming back around. So I had more time to prepare my manuscript, prepare the query letter. And I don't think a synopsis was required back then, but I think it was still, you were still supposed to write one uh, just in case anybody asked for it. So I I prepared all the submission materials and took a chance and entered and I got selected. And mostly I... I submitted because I had been querying and I had a a lot of success with people asking for fools, but it wasn't going anywhere from there. And I didn't know what was wrong with my manuscript. I knew something wasn't working just based on the plot or the concept people were requesting, but there was something in my pages that wasn't working well enough to get that yes. So I entered and I ended up working with a wonderful mentor. His name was Brian Palmer. And he kind of helped me just see what was not working in my manuscript, um, that I could work with the characters more, character arcs and motivations and building up the world more. Um, But yeah, that is, that's the backstory of why I entered Pitch Wars and kind of how I found out about it. I feel like 2016 is the year where it really blew up. There were a few questions I noticed from our community wondering how those who are interested in applying to become a mentee how do they know which mentors to look for? Because you get up, you have to choose four mentors. I know everybody has a different way of choosing, or maybe there's something in particular that you're looking out for. But just from your own experience, what were you specifically looking out for? Was there a difference between if you were wanting to choose co-mentor or just one mentor, or did that not matter to you? Yeah, so for me, it didn't matter if it was a single mentor or a co-mentor. It was just based off of their wish list. Um, We all, all the mentors have a wish list. And we try to put as much detail as possible into it of what we want and also what we don't want. Um, And also mentorship style. And so I read through that and I, I think I narrowed it down to maybe like eight um, that I was really interested in. And from there, they had live YouTube videos back then, and we could ask them questions on Twitter. So I did all of that. I participated in anything I could on social media, listened to the mentors talk, tried to narrow it down from that, asked questions based on what they were looking for. Um, and I think back then we were also able to buy two extra mentors. That, that option doesn't exist anymore, but I did I, I bought the option to submit to, I think, six mentors back then. Um, so I didn't have to narrow it down quite as much, but they didn't share back then behind the scenes as we do now. So now mentors share if they think that a manuscript is a better fit for somebody else, we might pass it along to another mentor. Do you remember your time when you were working with your mentor? Like if there was anything specifically extremely pivotal for you that you could share with us that you feel like would not have happened if you didn't have that relationship with your mentor. Yeah. So specifically for my story and for edits, I have a dual or it was an old book. It was a young adult sci-fi and it was dual point of view. 
and how the dual point of views were arranged in that book would have been completely different uh, if I hadn't worked with Brian. We set up a much more rigid structure to ensure that the characters each had, you know, the same screen time. They both had a very fleshed out character arc. Um, and I think that without him, that was the hardest part for me. It was reorganizing the structure. Um, and I think without him, that that wouldn't have even ever occurred to me to even consider doing. Oh, wow. When you were applying for Brian, there's one specific person who was asking about like word count and those kind of structural details. So what do you remember from your manuscript when you were submitting? So I had sent mine to agents and had a high request rate, but was not getting to the next step. So I would say, you know, we don't want something that is entirely super over the top polish just because if it's to that point, I feel like the author should query, like they're ready to query where Pitch Wars is more focused on the mentorship. Like if you know something's not quite working or you are querying and it's just not, you're not getting to that next step. I would say that Pitch Wars is perfect for those people. Um, but if you feel like you're just ready to go, you just want agents to see it. You don't really feel like you have much more developmental work to do that Pitch Wars is probably not the right option just because you're ready to query at that point. I definitely, I knew I needed work. I just didn't know what that was. How do you know how to approach the mentees with the edits? Is there any part of you that you feel like you kind of have to hold back just because you don't want to offend or like hurt or crush a soul? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. I think that, well, in the past two years where I've mentored, I have never not talked to my prospective mentee in advance before selecting them. I've always reached out over email and kind of have just asked them like what their vision is for the story, what they think that their weaknesses are. And I've been like, okay, well, if we work together, here are some broad ideas I would like to work on. How do they sound to you? In those emails, I keep everything very scaled back and not super detailed just because, like you said, you don't want to be like, hey, I think your whole book sucks. Like, you don't want to say that. <laughs> oh, and no. you don't even think that. Like, if you're right. feeding that person, yeah, you don't think that. <laughs> but, you know, authors always, like, internalize that. And they're like, oh, they think that my characters suck. My book must be horrible. I'm the worst author ever. Like, I know how that feels. I'm an author, too. And I know the feedback that I've received and that I've liked to receive and that's what I try to do as well for my mentees, like how I've gotten advice and what's worked for me. And I feel like it's different for every mentee. Like some are fine with the email, you know, 13 page edit letter and don't panic. And then others have to have like that phone call and be like, hey, let's break down everything I'm thinking. Here's what we should work on. What do you feel? Like, what do you feel about this? Um, so it's very different for every person, I feel like. And for me personally, I like to try to determine that as much as possible before selecting the mentee to make sure that our styles don't clash. So I always reach out over email before and to anybody I'm considering seriously and ask them a lot of questions and let them ask me questions too. Just out of curiosity, for anyone listening who may be interested in applying to be a mentor rather than a mentee, uh, for next year, what, how, uh, like, what were the differences between mentoring by yourself and having a friend to co-mentor with? 
Um, I think the biggest one is time. When I was mentoring with Tommy the first year, we had each other to talk to and to kind of give her work and then give me work depending on our schedules. Um, so like maybe she would read the book for one pass and then like I would read it the next time and we would discuss notes with each other. And that's the biggest thing. Um, I wouldn't say to, mine and Tommy's brains work very, very similar. Um, so I wouldn't say that that's any different. Like the notes I had are also the ones she had. So the notes I have now are still like, I'm not struggling for more notes, I guess. So I would say that the only real difference was the time commitment. And especially back then when I did mentor with her, the time for pitch wars was a lot shorter, the timeline. So our mentee had a lot more work to do and we had a lot more work to do in a lot shorter. I think it was like half the time as we're given now. And it's still pretty condensed. Got it. Okay, that is helpful. From what I'm learning, it sounds like Pitch Wars has evolved a lot. There's so many more people applying to become a mentee. What should they do to make them stand out? What makes them pop to get those mentors interested in them? I mean, you're right. It did definitely. Pitch Wars blew up after 2016. That was the year where some big books were involved and big deals came out of Pitch Wars. And that's the year it really blew up. So after that, we've seen a big influx of mentees applying but I think so much of it just comes down to researching you know researching how to write a query letter researching how to write a synopsis that so many people uh, last year when I had when I was going through all the applications so many people I felt like took themselves out of the competition right away just because they hadn't done the research they would write like a 2,000 word query letter and a thousand words would be just a bio about themselves and I wouldn't know anything about the book or the synopsis would just be not what a synopsis needs to be and I feel like there's so much time that Pitchworks has put their schedule out so far ahead of when applications are due to come in that people should really take advantage of that and do the research needed and give themselves the time to you know, write that query letter, get eyes on it, um, use a community to find critique partners and beta readers and support each other. Like, because nobody's lying when they say that the community is so great. Like, that's how I met my two of my absolute best friends in the world, not just like writing friends, but best friends through Pitch Wars. And I met a lot of them before we were even in the competition, just working with each other and reading each other's queries and the more eyes you can get on your materials at that stage, uh, I, yeah, the better. You have so much of a better chance of just polishing up those materials if you have eyes on it. That's really helpful. I've been hearing that and been seeing some people posting in the Facebook group where it actually inspired me to then think, okay, since people are saying, hey, extra pair of eyes do not hurt, maybe I'll just create something like a thread in the private Facebook group if people want to just see if they want to swap something as they're amping up and getting ready for the submission process, because that'll be September 25th. That's around the corner. And I also love that you were weaving in like the heart aspect of meeting your two best friends in your entire life and not just like online, you know, Twitter space. So that's really (laughs) cool. I love hearing that. Also, just overall, what can you share about the 2020 showcase in February? Pitch Wars makes agents hungry. (laughs) 
Like they all come Darcy. out of the woodwork. Yes, they they want those books. I think my agent, her name's Hillary Jacobson at ICM, and I think that the majority of her clients have been found through Pitch Wars. I want to say like, no, I think I think most of them, maybe. 80% of them, I would say. I'm, I'm making up that number, but a big amount of them. Oh, dang. And Hillary is one of the more sought after agents as well, from what I'm learning from the community. Yeah, <laughs> she's great. Uh, I know this is very belated, but a huge congratulations to you for landing, Hillary. That is awesome. <laughs> so I've only asked one person this, but I'd love to hear your take on this is let's say someone's already signed up for a conference that's coming up in the fall slash winter, but then they're like, oh, I just learned about pitch wars and I would love an opportunity to jump into this as well. So is it something that you encourage that this person still try to apply as a mentee, even though they have that conference lined up? Yeah, I think that we've had that happen in the past, actually, uh, where a mentee's been selected has even had a conference. And I feel like, Conferences can be super beneficial because they're getting that face-to-face time with an agent or sometimes even a publisher to ask questions. And I feel like that's only, you know, benefiting their career. So I don't think that we would say like, hey, cancel your plans. Don't do this. Um, If anything, like if they have a really great connection with that agent and that agent is just super excited and they just know that they want to work together, then okay, it would be like sad for us as the mentor, but this is about the mentee's career, you know? So we want them to end up with the perfect agent. We want them to do what's best for them. And if that's what it is, then that's what it is. But also I feel like there's the option where maybe they get feedback from the agent and are asked to submit their materials, but then they're like, hey, actually um, I'm applying to Pitch Wars or hey, I got into Pitch Wars. And depending on what happens, like I'll send you a polished manuscript the second that pitch wars is over. Um, There's always that option as well for them to just kind of, you know, pump the brakes and be like, hey, you seem great. And I'm going to send you the best materials I possibly can. Oh, amazing. Okay. Very, very helpful. Let me just wrap this up with one more question. So this storyteller knows that for pitch wars, y'all don't pitch on Twitter the same way that hashtag pitmad does, right? But does the role of social media have any effect on pitch wars? Would it be helpful? I do look at social media for the mentees I'm considering, but the only reason I do is to make sure that we would get along, you know, that they're not a horrible person (laughs) online, that they don't just say like super offensive things. Right. That's really the only reason that I would even look at their Twitter. They don't need, you know, a bunch of followers. They don't need a huge presence. I, I don't think I had like any followers when I was picked and same with most of the people I know. It's not about that. It's just about the work that they're putting forward. Don't worry about your social media. Just worry about your submission materials. Amazing. Do you have anything that you would like to share with the community that we may not have touched on? Yeah, I would just say that if you're considering submitting to it, the worst that can happen is that you're not picked. You at least tried. You put yourself out there and maybe in the process of that, you gained valuable friends or a mentor gave you some great advice or feedback. You know, there's nothing bad that can happen from this other than not being selected. And that's just like querying agents. You know, you put yourself out there and the worst that happens is they say no. So I would say for anybody considering it to just do it because it's such a, such a beneficial thing for your career. It's 
the, you know, the mentorship is great. The learning about the publishing industry is great, but also, and I know it sounds so corny because everybody keeps saying it, but the connections are so great and they really do for a lot of people last a lifetime. Like it's not just writing friends. It can transcend to real life friends. I love that so much. Adeline, let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Yeah, so I have, unfortunately, two different names on social media because social media hates me. But (laughs) Twitter is Adeline Grace underscore. And then on Instagram, it's author Adeline Grace. Hey, storytellers, we have Gracie Kim with us. Gracie, welcome to 88 Cups of Tea. Oh, thank you so much, Jen. It's seriously such an honor to be here talking to you. You are amazing to just jump into Pitch Wars, talk about it a little bit. I think your case is super unique and special, and I'm excited to hear more from you because from what we chatted about a little bit earlier and via our emails is that uh, the first time you're involved with Pitch Wars is as straight up a mentor, right? Yeah, that's right. So I was a mentee for a very similar mentoring program called Author Mentor Match, which I think, you know, in terms of experience, there's a lot of parallels. But yes, for Pitch Wars, this is the first time I've been involved and it's as a mentor, not a mentee. And what was it that drew you to want to become a mentor specifically for Pitch Wars? So was it just all the amazing things you've heard about or you just wanting to give to the community? So I think first of all, it's what you were mentioning about giving back to the community. You know, my dad always said that the higher a tree grows, so the taller the tree grows, the the deeper the roots have to go underground. You know, the idea that you always need to know where you come from and, and keep yourself grounded. And I just felt like, okay, so I've gotten to a point where I've sold a book um, that comes with a lot of, obviously, privilege and, um, you know, amazing, mind-blowing, why does anybody want to read my book kind of feeling. <laughs> comes with a real sense of responsibility. Like I actually genuinely feel like it's something that I need to do to pay forward the support and the love and the luck that I've received. So that is a huge part of it. But in terms of why Pitch Wars specifically, I mean, part of it was timing. It came up just at the right time. But I also have really good friends that have gone through the process and just have sworn by it, the community and the experience and the learnings that you discover. And I just thought, okay, this has to be the time why not do it um and i'm co-mentoring with a wonderful friend of mine kara sutton so it kind of just all worked out perfectly i think oh i love that are you excited to co-mentor yeah i'm so excited to co-mentor i mean it's a huge responsibility to take on right to say to someone i'm willing to be here to be your mentor to help you through this process but i feel like i'm still so new to it as well that to have somebody else sharing that journey and for us to not only go through manuscripts and compile our joint experience and joint expertise and that kind of thing, but also just knowing that you're doing it together. You know, I I just always feel like if you can do it with someone else, if you can share the journey with somebody else, why not? I mean, we're both based in Wellington too, which means that we can catch up in real life and talk about things in real time. So that's awesome. And I trust her work so much. She's also just recently sold her book. And oh, it's just really exciting to have somebody to share that journey with. And, you know, the more the merrier. I'm excited for you both. I would love to hear from you, especially because you have such a unique approach and experience with Pitch Wars right now. Like, how would you advise any of the potential mentees to find the four different mentors they'd love to apply for? What should they specifically look out for? Yeah, so the the wish list blog hop 
that's currently live. I mean, that's a great place to get a sense of who the mentors are and what they're looking for. And obviously there's the the requirements. So if a mentor or a mentor group is saying, these are the things we want and these are the things we don't want and you don't fit in that, then that's pretty clear. But I also think there's a lot you can gather from the vibe and the sense that you get from reading their posts. For example, in ours, we talk a lot about being Kiwi, first of all, um, and the our future mentee would be an honorary Kiwi, whoever they are and wherever they are. Things like that. If, if things resonate with you, I think that's a big part of it because just like a book, you know, when you're reading a book, something can just resonate with you and stay in your heart and some can be beautiful, but maybe just isn't right for you at that time. So I think there's a certain type of magic there that you can get from just reading the blog posts and seeing what they're like on social media as well. That's a huge thing. If you like the way that they communicate and the things that they share on Twitter, say that could be part of it too. (laughs) This sounds a bit weird, but I would really say for people to go with their gut, there are lots of mentors and they're all wonderful in their own way, right? Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. There's the specifics, like say for us, for Kara and me, we we love structure. So we know that if we work with a mentee, we'd love to focus on that quite a lot. And maybe for others, structure isn't as much of a thing. So there's little things like that may resonate, but also just the wider feel of whether you think you gel with someone. I think that's really important too. For right now, what's in your head of who you think would stand out most to you or in your mind mentally preparing to look out for just so that our community knows how to put their best foot forward to notice them. We've made a few specific requests or not so much requests, but saying, hey, we love this stuff in particular. So if you have this kind of story, we would love to see it. We've had diverse voices on that list. So either diverse main characters or authors who've historically been marginalized per se, or anything to do with supernatural or paranormal things, so witches and ghosts, uh, there's none of that that's going to get old for us mythologies and folklores and fairy tales anything inspired by those things really the other thing we love is anything to do with family and siblings and stories that explore identity and belonging those are some of the specific things that we've said we'd love to see but I mean sometimes you don't know what you want until you see it so we'd just love to hear from people who feel like they have a burning story to tell that's the way I feel, you know, sometimes a story just wants to burst out of you and you just have to tell it and you just want some help and support along the way to best tell it. In a more emotional aspect, when working with somebody that you're going to be working on such a tight time frame, you, you all only have three months to revise the manuscript. That's right. Yeah. So it's like you really want to make sure you all work well, like really well together and are able to respect each other and, you know, that no one has almost like an attitude problem if you're giving feedback or maybe a little bit more critiquing than that person was expecting. So does the role of social media in Pitch Wars, is that helpful at all? And another mentor was mentioning social media is helpful in a way where they can see when kind of going through and filtering who they like to work with, just more so personality-wise? Is that something that they would vibe well with uh, before selecting them? What's your take on that and just roping in social media with it? Also, your selection process for figuring out which mentee you do want to end up working with? Hmm. I think social media really is a big one because I guess in the absence of being able to meet someone in real life, that is the, the face that you show the world. So, I mean, Kara and I 
of course, would also look at Twitter or Instagram or whatever it is that people are willing to share with us. In terms of advice and what to take from your mentor, I mean, a mentorship is is not prescriptive, right? So if we give advice and we give our suggestions, they are just that, they're suggestions. So we would never expect a mentee to take everything we say as the Bible. I mean, that's just not how it works. Work is so personal to people, right? And so um, they're just ideas and suggestions that we're making from the learnings that we've collectively gained over time. When I went through the menteeing process with my mentor, Rebecca Barrow, from the other program, I remember the first thing she said to me was, look, you've got potential. You've got something here but this book basically ain't cutting it. So you need to write something new. And I remember at the time getting the feedback for the first few days, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I've worked so hard at this book and you're telling me to give up on it? And then after a few days and I talked to a few friends, I realized just how much of a gem that piece of advice was. And if I hadn't kind of opened myself to, I guess, take that on in a positive light because the mentor's not there to cut you down. The mentor's there to help you. And I reckon she cut off at least a year of my life that I probably would have wasted trying to do something that was already defunct. And I think part of that is on both sides, right? If a mentee is saying, look, this isn't something that I'm willing to compromise on, this is a non-negotiable, then we have to respect that as mentors. At the same time, as a mentee, you want to be open that when you take on feedback, it's not personal. It's about the work and it's about wanting to make you a better storyteller. So I think it goes both ways, that communication. Let's say people who are on the fence, who are thinking, okay, you know what, should I do this? Well, I already have a manuscript that I've already revised several times already for a couple of months, and I want to start querying, but I'm wondering if this is something that I should still jump into, and then the querying trenches postpone that a little bit later till after I try out to become a mentee. So what do you have to say to that for those who are wondering if they should take the leap or should they just go ahead and just query themselves? Yeah, it's a really hard one, isn't it? But like you say, because of the really constrained timeframes, if you feel like that's too tight and there's a lot going on in your life and you know it's going to be a, a burden on your mental health, I mean, obviously there's a real big decision there. But my general, I guess, motto is, you gotta be in to win. You know what I mean? Like if you do nothing, if you sit there and do nothing, you are guaranteed to not advance. But if you at least give it a go, the worst that can happen is you don't get in or it doesn't work for you, in which case you're back where you started anyway. So what have you lost? My general rule is if you have the opportunity, put your name in the mix and see what happens. And to be honest, for me, going through it as a mentee in a similar program, the thing that I got out of it, just as much as having a mentor and going through the process of improving my craft, were the people that I met along the way. And I'm sure everybody says this, but there is nothing I truly believe that we can do alone. And just having that community there to encourage you, to remind you why you tried and started this journey in the first place, you can't measure that stuff. You can't quantify that. That to me is is gold. For me, when I applied to be a mentee in this type of program, I was so ready to to give up and I'd forgotten the reasons that had propelled me to write. That initial spark had died off and it was really that community that 
help me reignite that spark and feed my hunger for it, you know, reminding me, okay, these are the things that happen in your life. These are the reasons you want to write and why you want to make an impact. And whether you get into the program to pitch wars, I think is even irrelevant because the people that you meet along the way during the process of applying, those people can be those people too. I just really feel like the people are the core part of what you get out of a program like this. Okay. And you know, our community loves community. So that's perfect. Perfectly aligned. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I'll wrap it up with this question. How polished is polished are we looking for? And you particularly, I know everybody's a little different. So you personally, you and your co-mentor, I guess the best way to ask is almost like, you know, you can do a hundred percent polished or let's say if somebody knows, all right, well, it's around like 90% right now polished, but then I know that at least whatever 10% is left, I'm flexible and I don't want to make such hard changes. It takes away from the magic of the story or it's not as malleable by the time I'm working with my mentors. I guess you could say how much of a percentage are you looking for when it comes to being polished? Mm, That's a really good question. And I would say that is an impossible question to answer only because to me writing is rewriting is rewriting open brackets still rewriting like the manuscript that I that we sold this year that book by the time we went out on sub had I don't know gone through I don't know 12 13 full rewrites or something and you know at each point of that process I was confident that it was polished (laughs) Um, So I I guess for me, what I'm trying to say is that I don't know if there is such a thing as polished because every person that becomes part of the process to make your manuscript better is going to have an opinion Um, and that may completely change the story. So I guess what I would like to say to any potential um, mentee applicant is if you feel confident in the story, right, if you feel like it's polished enough to share, then send it in, you know, because who knows what polished actually means Even if you know that there's a little bit of work that needs to be done around the edges, if you feel like that core story is there, what you really want to get across is there in some form, I think that's okay, you know, because that's part of the process of going through with your mentor is, is this going in the right direction? What core things do we have to change? And if you are too wedded towards your polished version, then possibly you're not as open to to taking on feedback as well. So to kind of answer and not answer your question, I guess people have to make their own call about how comfortable they feel about their work and whether it's ready to be shared. Gracie, this was so lovely. Thank you so much. Can you please let everyone know where they can find you on social media? Of course. It's been an absolute honor, Yin. People can find me on Twitter at Gracie Kim. That's Gracie without an E because my dad spelt it that way and I'm stuck with it. And on Instagram at Gracie Kim Writes. We have Susan Lee with us today. So Susan, can you jump in and share why you were drawn to Pitch Wars? Sure. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Yin, for doing this. I'm Susan, and I'm thrilled to be able to talk about Pitch Wars because it was really life-changing for me. I am a fairly new writer, and in 2018 was a mentee. My mentor was Gloria Chow, the incomparable and delightful Gloria <gasps> Chow, who I know who is also a wonderful 88 Cups of Tea <laughs> contributor and fans. I had been writing 
this was my second manuscript. Um, my first one, I had entered into another mentoring contest and had gotten some feedback, but honestly, I didn't know what to do with that feedback. So I started writing again and the time of pitch wars came around. And I think the big thing for me, why I did it was I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know where to go next. And so knowing that there was something out there that could potentially help me figure out how to make this manuscript better, figure out how to navigate um, the world of querying and eventually publishing, and also building a community was super attractive to me. So I jumped in and went for it. And it was the best experience I've ever had. For you as a mentee, I think it's more so I'm noticing questions from our Facebook group and our community. Let's say there are multiple uh, mentors writing that they want the similar kind of mentee like a like a similar kind of I guess you could say characteristics kind of people that also the types of styles of writing or stories or and genres and let's say you have so many options how did you go about looking for the ones that you knew or you would hope would guide you I will say that it's super overwhelming and so I can absolutely understand for potential mentees right now going through all the wish lists trying to figure out who your final core is. I was very overwhelmed. I had a spreadsheet. I mean, I was figuring out who was looking for my specific genre and I tried to figure out what the strengths of my manuscript were. And um, mine happened to be a rom-com. So I knew I had to find someone who looked for romance and I wanted someone who wanted humor. And I knew also the weaknesses of my manuscript a little bit. So I wanted to know who said they were super strong at supporting those portions of the manuscript. But I, I want to be honest in that because I'm a mentor this year. I don't have a book out. I think the easy way to go was like, hey, have I read their book? Do I know anything about them? What are they like on Twitter? And I want to really encourage you not to get caught up in that. There are lots of mentees who either are mentors who are agented, but they're on submission or their books haven't released yet, or there are mentors whose books have um, released and they may not have the same mentoring style that you may need as a mentee. So my advice is a couple things. Look at the wish list, but don't hold the wish list too precious. Like, don't be like, they said this, my manuscript is close, but not close enough. So I'm crossing them off the list. What I would focus on a little bit more is what they say about their mentoring style and what they say about how they will mentor you. I think that's really important because there is an innate power dynamic there. So if you're the type that's very sensitive to tough feedback, you might want to find a mentor who says, hey, I'm a big champion. I'm a cheerleader because that might be a better uh, motivator for you. And then the other thing, uh, more so than necessarily all the specifics they say of what they want, I would also look at what they say their favorite books are because that's a portion of our wish list. For me, even when I was making my wish list, I knew I wanted XYZ, I wanted a YA contemporary romance, but I think it makes more sense when you see the books that I list that I loved to read, because those are the ones that I get super excited about. And at the end of the day, you want a mentor who's going to help you, but you also want a mentor who's going to champion you and your manuscript. What do you think would make them stand out the most to their ideal mentors? I've noticed because there's a lot of resources online with like ask mentor chats and there's some video chats going around with mentors. And I think there might be a little bit of conflicting information, but I want to, I'll be honest. So I think that um, it's important to get your submission materials ready and shining. So work on your query. There are query critique offers out there that I would totally take up if you can um, work on your synopsis and your first pages. Now, some mentors will say the query is not as important as first pages. 
I work in HR in my day job and I do recruiting and I look at hundreds of resumes a day. So for me, each resume is going to get three to five seconds, you know, and so depending on the number of submissions, I can assume that the query is going to have to get my attention before I jump into pages, because if the query already is like, hey, this is not something that I think I can be a, a big champion for a mentor, then I may not even read the full set of the first pages. So I think it's important that everything that you're going to submit is the best that you can make it. Now, you don't have to be a pro query writer for sure. But again, there are resources out there and people offering critiques that I think any potential should try to take up and utilize. But at the end of the day, nothing has to be perfect, but make it the best you can. And the second thing that I really, really highly suggest last year, the night before Pitch Wars was being announced, the mentees who got selected, I was going to actually write Pitch Wars and take my name out of the running because I was afraid of being rejected. So I will just encourage everyone, there's nothing to lose. Put your stuff out there, submit, make it the best you can. The worst that can happen is you don't get in, but you have a finished manuscript and you have a hashtagged community that want to engage. And then the best that can happen is that you'll be shocked and get in and you'll get a chance to work with an amazing mentor. So I don't think that there's a lose in here. And I would just encourage everyone to just go for it. So why did you choose now to be a mentor for 2019? I'm going to be honest, and I hate to speak in kind of these big grand statements, but I I don't think this is over the top to say that Pitch Wars changed my writing life. Gloria was invaluable to making my manuscript much stronger. I had been querying my manuscript before Pitch Wars and to uh, various levels of success, but I wasn't getting an offer. And Gloria took my manuscript to the next level and it was much stronger after Pitch Wars. But it's not even that manuscript. It is I learned how to revise, which is kind of a, a silly thing to say, but there isn't a lot of content out in the interwebs about how to revise. There's a lot about how to craft and draft and how to query, but that revision process, there's not a lot of stuff out there to telling you how to do that. But I worked with Gloria, learned how to do that. I learned how to trust myself. I learned how to trust someone else with my work. And Gloria also has become a dear friend and a resource that I will forever be thankful for. And I also have just a really great community, not only of the mentees of my class, but other Pitch Wars classes and other Pitch Wars mentors. It's life-changing. I could not imagine this huge progress in a small amount of time. I can't imagine that happening if Pitch Wars hadn't been a part of my life. Okay, Susan, showing up like this. Okay. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Thank you. I see you've been listening and I see you know how to drop those knowledge bombs. Okay. That's amazing. Susan, that was so good. Why don't you let everyone know where to find you on social media? I would love for you to find me and for us to connect. And I'm happy to answer any additional questions about Pitch Wars. I am on Twitter at Susan Lee Writes. And I'm also on Instagram at Susan Lee Wright. So super easy. And let's talk. And if you have any additional questions, please feel free to reach out. <laughs>